Welcome to Stories of Hope. This is a podcast by the Dream Center where you will hear from people who have stories that once seemed hopeless. People whose stories of redemption and life transformation are so powerful they can only be possible by the power of Jesus. Hey everyone, my name is Tatum and I'm here with Joey. Hey guys and welcome to our podcast today. We are on the leadership team here at the Dream Center and today we will be talking with Tim Sutton. Tim is one of our board members and he is also a local pastor. So hey Tim, how are you? Doing great, you guys. We're, we're good. We're excited to hear about your story of hope. So Tim, why don't you start off by telling us about your life growing up, You know where you grew up or what your family was like, things like that. Gotcha. Well again, uh, again my name's Tim Sutton. Grew up here in Easley, just right down the street, as a matter of fact, on Hillcrest. Uh, lived right out the street from Mr. Herb. Uh, as we all know, as, as one of our pioneers around here. So, grew up right down the road as a young kid when it was a very tight-knit community. But we had some challenges. You know, my mom and dad... Uh, they divorced when I was probably 10. Uh, but before that, we had, I had a sister. Um, they got murdered and right down the road. And it really, it really damaged the family. And I guess that's what really gave me my passion to reach back and to uh, pull into others that are hurting that don't have hope because. At that time, she was she was thirteen. And I was only nine, and they didn't offer uh, counseling or anything for children back then. You just had to you had to deal with it. So grew up and um, went to went to high school here and graduated. Uh, played sports and got my call into the ministry and you know went to went to Greenville Tech. Uh, took some classes. Uh, from plumbing to welding to construction, uh, just made myself very well-rounded. Just had always always had a passion for for younger people. You know, I guess my growing up with my sister passing so young, and because we was we was very tight, and we always shared a lot, and and just wanted to reach back and help other people uh, to give them a little hope. And so with that, once once I finished my schooling, um, got involved in the middle school, uh, Gettys Middle School. And I went to uh, Gettys Middle School, and the principal at the time was, was still there, uh, Michael Corey. I walked in, I said, I introduced myself. I said, listen, I want, to, I want you to give me your, your worstest kids. He just looked at me and said, what do you mean? I said, I want to mentor them. I want, I want to be here for them, and I want to give them some encouragement to help them uh, to be able to succeed. And so from that, we, we created, uh, we didn't call it a mentoring program. We called it Breakers Buddies because uh, Gettys Middle School was the Breakers. So we just called it Breakers Buddies program. And from that, we ran that uh, for about 10 years. And that's actually how I met uh, Chris and Jim. They had heard about me doing the uh, the mentoring program at the middle school, and so they provided some snacks uh, for me to to give to the kids. And that's how we actually partnered up, partnered up with them. And from Breakers Buddies, 
the elementary schools was interested in becoming to start a mentoring program at uh, West End. So we started one down there, which was called Ropes. It was uh, a rope program. From that, it was just it just kept growing, kept growing, and kept growing. And the whole time, I'm holding down a full time job in pastoring. So, but it all works. Can you tell us a little bit about? Uh, I'm I'm always curious because I'm also in the ministry about your calling into the ministry. How how did the Lord speak to you? And maybe even jump into that whole part of your personal relationship, how you met Christ, and and His calling on your life. That's a good question, Joey. That I would say it had to. It took place first when I was around eighteen, but I ran from it. I said, "No, I'm too young. I'm not. I'm not doing that. You know, nobody wants to hear me." <laughs> uh, but so when I when I turned twenty twenty one, I tried to run. I moved the way I went. I moved to Atlanta. And working down in Atlanta, working with the airport down at uh, Delta Airlines, you know, working on the airplanes. Well, not working on them, just catering them. And it seemed like everything was going well, but it was falling apart. It was coming apart at the seams. Uh, everything I put my hand on, it seemed like it came apart. You know, I, I was I was gambling bad. I was running the streets. I uh, I, I lived with two roommates, and there were times I didn't have money to pay my rent. Uh, I ended up getting my car repossessed, ended up losing my job because I couldn't get to work, trying to bump, trying to figure my way out through it. So one time I had come home, I had came back to uh, Easley for the weekend, and I called a bus back to Atlanta. And I'm figuring, you know, I'm smart enough. I'll, I've i got enough connections here so I can call one of my friends and they'll pick me up. But everybody I called was not there. And so the bus would drop you off downtown Atlanta. And keep in mind, I lived in Austell, Georgia, which is two miles past Six Flags. So I heard something say, you're going to walk. So walk? <laughs> That's a long way, <laughs> And so I began to walk. I walked and I walked, and the whole time the Holy Spirit was dealing with me, and he was really breaking me down. And so many hours later, because I remember the, the bus got there at like 12, 15, and I think I got home maybe 7.30 or so. I walked all the way, and... When I got to my room, apartment, I fell on my knees and said, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I will do it. And he told me, preach my word. And that was in 1987. And ever since then, I have not turned around. I have been on fire for God and and it, it has been such an awesome experience. I love to hear that. That's, that's so awesome. I know you mentioned about how you met Jim and Chris. Um, so was that the beginning part where you met them through them providing snacks? Um, was that how you got involved with the Dream Center, or did that come later on? Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the Dream Center? Yes, that begins. Um, 
as they reached out and contacted me and said, "Hey, we've we've got some snacks because we've we uh, we're doing the Dream Center at the time. They was meeting at the uh, Starving Artists, I think that was what it was, and they said we've got some some chips and cookies, cookies and things that we would like to donate to you to give to the kids for after school." And so we just started talking back and forth. And I began to work with them alongside with them, helping less fortunate people at the time, because at the time they were paying money out of their park pockets, buying hotel rooms. And we did a lot of things wrong. I mean, I, I spent money myself, you know, you know, just trying to help. When this school came available to purchase, the school board had, a, had contacted me at first because they knew I was a community leader and they offered it to the black community. And so I called meeting with, with the different churches and the community and they didn't want it. And so at the time, so when they, when that happened, I had two meetings. So that's when I said, well, I'll just partner up with Jim and Chris. And so I started meeting with them more often then the table it came to it being offered to them but the community was in an outrage but that's another story but anyway partnering with them and and we was able to to purchase purchase the building uh clean it up and it has been on ever since and so that's really how i got connected with them through the mentoring program and then the purchasing of, of this building, this location, and watching it grow. Do you feel as if the community is coming around and, and kind of surrounding the Dream Center now that they know what the purpose is behind what we do in the community? Yes, I would I would agree 100%. Because I often get in conversations with individuals that was against the Dream Center at one time, and now they're for the Dream Center because they see that the Dream Center is not trying to take nothing away. They're actually trying to add to and beautify this community. And they're seeing that they're willing to help any and everyone that that needs to help. So what would you say is the biggest impact that the Dream Center has had on this community that's that surrounds it? I would say the biggest impact, I think, is the beautification um, because I remember and I walked through the, the yards when it was broken glass and trees everywhere. And, uh, it was, it was almost becoming a landfill, uh, just a, a, a dump station where everybody would just dump in their trash. Um, so I would think that the biggest impact that the dream center have had in this community is the beautification and the opportunity uh, for resources, because before there wasn't there wasn't many resources that people had, and the Dream Center offers so many resources that can help. So it's not just lives that the Lord does beauty from ashes; That's He right. does things in the community too, right? Exactly, right. Well, Tim, it sounds like you're very passionate about this community. I mean, you are from here. You have, have invested a lot into the people of this community. 
Can you just tell us a little bit about what this community means to you? That's a, that's a good question. This community means more to me than than it do to a lot of the young people because a lot of the younger people haven't seen the struggle. You know, when you when when you when we were coming up, we didn't have much. You know, like I said, my my mom and dad they divorced when I was uh, separated when I was around ten, so that that's a challenge in itself for for a kid. And so, as you see this community coming together to still love on the children, even though they know uh, what your family has gone through. You know, to be able to love you and support you and to still come out and support whenever you're in a, a youth event or sporting event, the community still came out because on Fridays, used to be on, on Fridays growing up, you knew where everybody was going to be at the football games. You know, so that's how, that's how it was. And years ago before the Dream Center purchased this building, we used to have a lot of basketball tournaments right here in, in this gym, you know, and, and it was just one of the community things that uh, it was no trouble, even though we had a, a few things go wrong, but for the most part, it was a safe net community. And that what it means to me is, is that I want to bring that back and, and show younger people, listen, when you work together, great things can be accomplished. That's awesome. I'm glad that you said that about the Dream Center because we do want to make an impact, an impact in resources, impact in community, and, and we want to be involved in, in what's going on around us. Um, so if you were trying to describe the Dream Center to somebody that may be unsure of who we are, what would you say to them? That is a good question because I've had to do that, you know, as a matter of fact, there has been individuals that come through this program that reached out to me before they trusted this program. They said, I thought it was a cult. I said, no. <laughs> no. No, we're not a cult. <laughs> but but you, never, you never know what a lot of times people are fed the wrong information so long that they become they begin to think that the information that they're receiving is true. So I had to go through the the whole uh, story of how the Dream Center was birthed, and I told them I said, you know, I was right alongside with them when when we bought this building. Uh, this building is used to uplift and not tear down. We want to be able to help those that have been physically abused, those that are, are mentally challenged, uh, those that are less fortunate, uh, those that's uneducated that will be able to give you those those resources to help you. Because I remember when we, we all got together and we read the, the book Toxic Charity. And because before we did that, man, we were just, we were shedding out left and right. You remember, <laughs> Joey, you, re, you remember um, uh, but when we read the book Toxic Charity, it, it showed that sometimes you've got to, you have to 
have the individual to put in, that they put in their own energy and they learn to appreciate what is what it is that they're receiving. And so that's um, that's how I would really sell the dreams. And I would tell them, now, listen, this program is going to be hard. It's going to be tough. But if you trust it, it will work. You know, uh, that is so, so true because it, it getting well and being healthy and loving the Lord and living for him and uh, is not easy. It's, it's a hard road to walk, and I heard your story, and, and you have walked a difficult road. To, um, you shared about your sister and, and things that your family had faced, and, and you've helped people um, as you've had your own battle and had to deal with that from Atlanta to back to Easley. You know? So if somebody's out there and they're listening right now, which um, they might be struggling and, and they need some hope, as you get a chance just to share, what would you say to them as they're sitting out there going, so where does hope come from? Right. What I would say, I would tell them, listen, there are, there's, you're going to have to trust somebody. You know, so whenever you, you, you need to trust someone that, that, that has a plan that has been proven. Because, yes, we have made mistakes, but the Dream Center is there to help elevate you and not tear you down. So what I would, the way I would encourage them is to, is to tell, I would tell them, listen, you have tried it and tried it your way, and you fail. So therefore, you got to put trust in someone that, that has been successful in what they're doing and allow them to help mold you and develop you so, you, so they can help complete you and show you the way you need to go. So in essence, you have to learn to trust somebody. You know, uh, that's what, one of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that we have to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. You just can't, I just can't trust some things that I can see. I have to trust the things that I can't see because I know that you have been there. So you know what's behind the, behind the wall. So whenever I trust you and you lead me in the proper way, then I can be successful. Tim, we really appreciate you joining us today on stories of hope and, and sharing your story. And it is full of hope from what I've set here and I've heard. And thank you for the challenge and encouragement that you've given uh, to our listeners today. So thank you for joining us. Well, thank you guys for thank you for doing this because more people need hope. You know, and, and that's what I think that's what God brought us here for is to be an encouragement to those that don't have hope that we can share our story, and tell them, listen, you're not the only one that's struggling. We've all got something that we have dealt with. But whenever you trust the system, trust God, God will make it all right. That is some good encouragement, Tim. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on Stories of Hope. We will see you next time. And remember, one person can't do everything, but every person can do something. Thanks for joining us today for Stories of Hope. For more information about the Dream Center, visit our website at dreamcenterpc.org. Additional resources related to today's episode can be found in our podcast show notes.